Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this moment. We thank you for our spiritual family. We are hungry for more. We're not satisfied, Lord. We're not satisfied with just a nice service. We want to see you move in our midst. We want to see revival in our city. And I ask you today that you would bring healing and comfort and even strength in this message. Anoint me, Lord God. And bring, bring forth revelation for people who need strengthening, especially in their emotions and in their minds. In this season, I pray that you anoint your word with signs and wonders in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Let's, look, let's turn to John chapter 14. And we're going to do it in two versions. Now, have you guys ever heard? We're going to first do NLT. Have you guys ever read the Passion Translation? The TPT. How many have read the Passion Translation? Raise your hands. Okay. I'm gonna, it, this, is, this is like opening the scriptures up to me like I've not seen. I'm like, there's Old Testament scriptures that, is, that are not there yet. That they don't have the translation yet. But I'm like, so we're going to look at this from two angles. So I want you to see the, the John chapter 14. I want you to see what Jesus said. Sometimes we, we breeze through this and we have no idea the truth behind what Jesus said. We're going to look at it in two angles. First in the NLT and then in the uh, TPT. <laughs> I like that. John 14 verse 25. Here it goes. Jesus said, I am telling you. These things now while I am still with you. Oh man, I'm excited already. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he, the Holy Spirit, will teach you everything, every say everything, and will remind you of everything that I have told you. Now watch this, watch this. I am leaving you with a gift. Wait. I, I didn't see it that way before. I, I've, I've read it in the King James and the old King James. But look what, look what this version says in the New, uh, New Living Translation. I am leaving you with a gift. Watch this. Peace of mind and peace of heart. Oh, I'm leaving you with a gift. I'm giving you an eternal gift. You will not have to be able to take it back. I'm giving you a gift before I go. And this gift that I'm giving you is peace of mind and peace of heart, which, which is symbolic of mental peace and emotional peace the heart speaks of our emotions and our minds are speak of what our thoughts so he's basically saying i'm giving the body of christ a perfect gift that will heal and have you at peace and calmness and tranquility watch this not around you in your mind and in your heart even while things are chaotic around you now, now this is a little this is a little appetizer. This is not even my notes. But if you look at this, it says, "So don't be troubled or afraid." Let me just let me just. The reason Jesus says we don't have to be afraid or troubled is because the peace that He promises our mind and our heart. So that means whatever we're troubled about, we don't have peace somewhere. Come on, somebody in our mind. Or in our heart, if we're troubled or afraid, because something more than the peace of God is dominating our heart or our mind. Now watch what the, uh, the TPT says. The, the Passion Translation. And I'm, it, it, because it gives you a, a more a holistic uh, approach of what I want to share with you this morning. All right. Now the, 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 the Passion Translation says, I leave the gift of peace with you. Say my peace. Say, my peace. So key. 
Not the kind of fragile peace given by the world. Do you know the world can give a measure of peace? So when I say the world, I'm not talking about worldly lifestyle. We're past that, right? I'm not talking about, uh, you know, do not love the world. Of course not love the world. But the world does offer some sense of peace. When I say the world is counselors, uh, th- things that the, that like, like a park, right? You're looking at a park. You look at the ocean. It has some things to offer. Jesus said, the peace that I give you is, is, is the, sorry, the peace that the world has to offer you is fragile in comparison, watch this, but I've given you my perfect peace. The Passion Translation leaves no room for, uh, for ambiguity. It leaves no room for doubt. It says, I give you perfect peace. So you combine perfect peace where? In your heart and in your mind. That he's giving you the gift of. And I, and I say this because Jesus gave us a supernatural gift. Look at this first slide up. Put this first slide up. This is powerful. Because there's people in this room that you're going to be set free. Because I don't want to get ahead of myself. But you're going to see that the peace of God that God wants to bring us may not, may not change circumstances sometimes. Jesus gave us a supernatural gift from himself through the Holy Spirit that we can, we can have and walk. And this is a big one. I know that. His own peace that produces perfect peace in our mind and perfect peace in our heart. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about overcoming anxiety. We talked about one out of every three people suffer from some sort of anxiety. Now, I want you, every one of us, hear me now. We walk in a certain level of stress. Everybody say stress. Right, how many of us know what stress feels like, <laughs> right? We all walk in a, in a certain level of stress, right? Every single day in our lives, listen to this, listen to this, that seeks, that has a goal. Stress has a goal. Anxiety has a goal. Fear has a goal. But I'm going to talk more on stress, right? There's stress in our life that seeks to rob you and I from the perfect peace in our mind, and in our hearts. Now, I'm going to help you, and I'm going to prophesy you at the same time, but I'm not really that spiritual. Ready? I want you to think of the single most greatest stress that is currently in your life right now. The single most greatest stress in your life, or the single most greatest stress that has happened maybe in the past that's still lingering as a reality now. I want you to take a, a few seconds to think about it, okay? Think about your greatest stress, whether it's your health, whether it's your, a financial mountain in your life. Whether it's a family situation, whether it's your uh, job, you're about to lose your job, whether it's your schooling and you're about to, whatever it is, I want you to think about that. Now watch this, watch this. I'm going to prophesy without me even knowing, I bet I know almost 100% what that is, the source of the stress. Are you ready? The source of what you thought about is most likely a noun. I know that, that sounds deep, right? A noun. Say a noun. You know what a noun is? Persons places or things right persons people places which talks about environments or things i'm going to break that down if i every area of your stress or your anxiety especially your stress level has to do with either people some people in here you're just not people people <laughs> what happens is you get stressed out by people uh oh some people, they, well, but watch, I'm going to get good in a second. Your, le- your source of stress is other people. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait for just a second so that it just sink. To some of us, it's the, the people in our, in our everyday lives, okay? To some people here, your level of stress is persons, it's places, it's environments, it's places you go to. It's like your job. That's very stressful. It's, it's, it's your schooling, right? Or your school, right? Or unfortunately, that place of stress could be your home, and, and everything else could be peaceful, but when you get to your home, you're not looking forward to getting to your home. I'm preaching better, good in this morning here. here watch this. Or, or sometimes, unfortunately, it could be the ministry that you're involved in that brings a lot of stress. All right? Or it could be a thing. What's a thing? It's an affliction. An affliction is not a place, and it's not a person. It could be affliction of pain, and it could be an emotional pain. It could be a, a sickness that you're dealing with. It's a thing. It's a thorn in your side. It's a, it's a uh, financial mountain. Hello? That's stressing you out. And the reason why, now here's, the, here's where I'm going to get good at, okay? Because a lot of you are nodding your head like, yep, people, yep, places, yep, things. I'm all the nouns. <laughs> right? But here's the, the challenge. The reason why I wanted you to identify the source of your stress, are you ready for this? Because sometimes if we're not careful... Whatever we identify as our stress, we identify as our source of peace that we go to. Because sometimes, hear me now, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me now. If we identify our source of stress as people, we will subliminally think that if no people are in our lives, we will have peace in our lives. Sometimes if we identify places, oh, come on, man, places, places as our source of stress, then we will innately think that if we don't go to those places, we'll have perfect peace in our life. I'm preaching good this morning. Sometimes we think that if things are not in our lives like an affliction, if just God moves my affliction, if he removes the thing, then I'll have peace in my life. And because the truth is, if we identify those things as the source of our stress, we will think that those people or places or things have to be removed from our lives in order for us to get peace. And that will, is the trick of the enemy to cause us to always think that our source of peace is a removal of things, places, or people. How, uh, what, what if the Lord Jesus was not so much concerned about quieting the noise around you than to quiet the noise inside of you? What if he was more concerned, what about if, what if his peace was internal in your mind and in your heart while all these people, places, or things still exist in your life? Oh, come on, come on. It's interesting because the, 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 the prophet Isaiah, when he prophesied the, 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 the birth of, of, of the Messiah in Isaiah chapter 9, you know what he said? You know what Isaiah said 750, about 750 years before Messiah came? Here is the prophet Isaiah describing the Messiah was to come. And he said, and his name shall be Wonderful Counselor, ever, Everlasting Father, Mighty God, and Prince of Peace. Notice, are you ready? You're going to shout good at me for a second. Notice the prophet didn't say he will be the prince of convenience or the prince of ease. Notice he didn't say, notice the prophet didn't say the prince 
of Egypt. <laughs> he didn't say the prince of, of comfort. He said he will be the prince of peace. Now, why do I say that? Because the real problem, church, is not people. The real source of your, or the enemy of your, of your stress, the real source of your stress is not people, is not places or things. The real source of our lack of peace sometimes is our, is our perception of how we think peace is going to come. Because I'm here to tell you, the gift, are you ready for this? Jesus in John 14 never says, I promise to give you peaceful people. Oh, God, that's great. He didn't say, I give you a gift of peaceful, peaceful environments. I give you a gift of peaceful things, peace, peaceful people. The problem is when we think that people, places, or things are a source of our, of our stress and anxiety, then we give them control to dictate how our lives should become peaceful. Because then we say, then we say, then we have to hope for somebody to change in order for us to have peace. Oh, my God. My God. We, we're hoping for situations to change, and when situations change, or when things change, or when people change, or when places change... Then I'll have peace. But my brother, you could hop from here to Illinois or Alaska, and if there is no real connection with the Prince of Peace, you will have stress again in a different place. And that's why, this is not in my notes, but that's why we got a lot of church hoppers because we think just when the moment it gets bad, when, just because the moment it gets a little tough, and just because no one is acknowledging like they used to acknowledge you, you're going to leave to try to get something that God already gave you. How we, how we, how we respond to stress and offense is going to be the enemy's number one strategic goal to uproot you. you can pro I'm going to prophesy to you. The number one goal of the enemy is to get you offended so you could be isolated and so you could eventually be uprooted. Look, 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 look. The Bible says those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of their God. So the real pe problem, say persons. Say it's not people. It's not places. It's not things. Now watch this. You're going to shout. Look at this next slide. We can't experience the fullness of peace if we are expecting our peace to be relegated to a lack of persons, places, or things. Take, take a snap picture of that. We can't experience the fullness of peace if we are expecting our peace to be relegated to a lack of persons, places, or things. What does that mean? If this person wasn't in my life, I have more peace. Or let's just do the opposite. If I just had this person in my life, I'd be more happier. If I, had, if, if, if I didn't go to my job, this job, that one at Park Avenue in whatever city, then I'll be more peaceful. Because watch this. There's so much drama in my job. And that's probably true. I'm not, dis I'm not discrediting the reality of your situation. What I'm saying to you is that you and I will not have the fullness of peace if we are relegating our peace to something that is a lack of people, places, or things. Why? 
Because when those things are removed, what do you have other than the Lord? Here, here's what I'm saying. God has given us perfect peace of mind and perfect peace of, of our emotions so that we could enter any place or anything or even engage any person and diffuse the atmosphere with the peace that we walk in. Do you know that the peace of God has the ability to diffuse chaotic atmospheres? Everything around you could be chaotic, but if you walk in the peace of God, nothing will move you. I remember, I remember, and this is a confession, I remember when uh, the fire marshals came in here, and here I am, innocent, Pastor George, really like don't know anything about constructions, and, they, and they're coming in here, and we, just, we had just built that, we're finishing that, by, that right now, by the way, we got the permit, glory to God, hallelujah. So, you know, the fire marshal comes in, <laughs> and, and I'm like, oh, oh, sir, you know, excuse the dust, you know, because we're constructing, you know, so everything, you know, I'm, and he's like, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to get a permit. I'm like, yeah, but you know, it's, it's for the kids. No, no, no. And then all this stressful situations. You see what happens? All of a sudden, the atmosphere got very stressful. And I was like, oh, well, sir, you know, I'm like, this. and then I, and then I just left Lolly by herself with, you know, like, do you handle that? You know, and, <laughs> and Lolly was like, PG, PG, PG. I was like, I'm going to go to my office. You know, it was horrible. But then good old PK walking in the peace of God. Literally, he's just walking in the peace of God. What can I help you with? Well, you know, this, I can shut you down, shut you down. It was, it was very volatile atmosphere. Watch how peace diffuses everything. He goes, sir, we're here to help. What do you need? We're, he got a pad. He goes, what do you need? We're going to do everything you need. you need. By the end of that conversation, the fire marshal was laughing at PK. He was like, look, you know, we're going to give you a deal. Don't worry about it. You know why? Because peace is the foundational factor when you have the peace of God to be able to diffuse chaotic situations. Don't pray for chaotic situations to go away. Pray for more of the peace of God to be revealed in, the, in your heart, in your mind. Why? That's why Proverbs 15 says, a soft answer turns away wrath. It has power. Come on, say power. So the, so the enemy of your peace is not other people, okay? Now, I want you to see this next slide. This is so powerful. You want peace on purpose? How many want peace on purpose? You will have peace on purpose when you realize that peace is not found in a set of circumstances that are problem-free. You will not, listen, you will have peace on purpose when you realize that peace is not found in a set of circumstances that are problem-free. Let me pause and say this. This is why the church is so messed up because we're waiting for, actually, we're praying. We're actually praying for things to get, for circumstances to get better, and we need to continue to pray for that. But you know what? What if those situations in your job, in your school, or your home never really turn out like you wanted to? Are you going to look to the Lord to give you that supernatural peace? The thing is, you could activate it any time. Oh, this is so glorious. It's not like, okay, wait. I'm going to say this, something here. You have to get, the, in other words, the peace and tranquility comes to your mind and your heart, but it doesn't remove the situation. The peace of God comes into your mind, comes into your heart, but it doesn't necessarily remove the stressful situation. Oh, oh, man. Do you realize that if you allow peace to rule your heart, I'm getting ahead of myself, the Bible says the word rule means to dictate, to make decisions. 
That means when peace rules your heart, it decides for you. Nope, I'm not going to stress out here. No, nope, I, I, I'm the boss here. Peace is the boss today. You're not going to, no, nope, peace says shut up, and I'm going to come into this place, and everyone's going to be yelling, and I am going to be in total control because of the peace of God in me. I'm not going to freak out. I'm not going to run. I'm not going to be anxious. I'm not going to do that. Why? Because the peace that passes all understanding is not somewhere. It's inside of you. I said it's inside of you. That's why the faith, listen, peace does not remove the situation. It just gives you inside the calmness and the tranquility that you need. (sighs) Okay, David, Psalm 23. Psalm 23, what does it say? Yea, though I walk, while I'm walking through the shadow, valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear any evil. I'm at total peace. But he never said that his peace will cause him to be not going through the valley of the shadow of death. Psalm 23, look at what it says. Even when I walk, (laughs) even when I walk through the dark valley, I will not be afraid. Do you see how not being afraid and peace go together? Here's a little revelation for you. When you and I walk in the peace of God, fear is one of the first things that goes out the window. I love when Jesus comes into this place. I can tell you story after story, and everyone's weeping and crying, and, 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 and the, the, the girl is dead, and, and they're crying, and I just love Jesus. He could have been like, I can't believe this is happening. I love her too. I know, I know. I can't. The devil, just the devil. It wasn't her time. Sorry. Jesus comes in, totally dominating the atmosphere. Everybody, get out. Could you imagine? Could you imagine Pastor George going to a funeral? I go, everybody get out. All the family get out. I'll be, be like, I have to get Louis and Nelly and all the, all the brothers to help me out, out there. I mean, they'll, I, I, I would be probably punched, right? What are you talking about get out? He said, everybody get out. Everybody get out. There's too much hostility in here. There's a lack of faith. I'm going to come in here, and you're going to see that the storm that you're thinking is a reality is going to be conquered by me. And so Jesus comes in. You know what? He just says, get up and be healed. He he presents the, the, the girl before the people, blesses them, and walks right out. <laughs> now, now watch. Now watch. I want you to see this. This is going to be powerful. Are you ready? The peace of God does not remove the circumstances in your life. But the peace of God is the force that keeps your heart and mind calm and tranquil in the midst of that storm. The peace is a force. Look, look at that, that, that thing up there. The, the next slide, Zach, is about the force. The pe- you know, Star Wars is coming out soon. When you say let the force be with you, say let peace is the force be with you, right? Because peace is the force, look at that, that keeps your heart and mind calm, whoa, and tranquil during your stressful circumstance. Everything in you wants to react to what it's telling you to react to, but peace says, no, I'm the boss, do you know that I heard someone say years ago, he says, if you change a person's environment, you change the person. And to a degree, that's true to those who don't know God. But if you know the dynamics of the Holy Spirit, if you change a person's inside, their surroundings will change. The problem with Christians is that we've been, uh, we've been thermometers 
And th- I mean, sorry, we've been, um, what's, the, what's the one that, uh, thermostats? So we've been thermostats? Okay, thermostats is we tell the temperature. I always get confused, all right? So we've been thermometers. So we, we dictate our language, our body expression, our praise based on the environment that's happening in our life. But when, when you're a thermostat, it could, it could be 89, 90 degrees. All you have to do is push that button a little down. And you know what? Everything eventually will cool down. That's what the peace of God does in your heart. Watch this. Can I hear an amen? amen. And so even the apostle Paul told us that let, let the peace of God rule your heart. Can we honestly say that the peace of God rules our heart when we go into that stressful persons, places, or things? Can we honestly say that when we go to our school, our home, our business, anything that's causing you stress, that can we honestly say that, watch this, the peace of God rules our heart. Why am I preaching this? Because the Holy Spirit says you need this more in your life. John 14 says, I've given you this gift. Now watch, I'm going to show you something powerful here. Watch this. Colossians 3 verse 15, and then I'm going to go to Luke chapter 1. Colossians 3, verse 15. Look what it says. It's going to be up on your screen in the NLT. Watch this. And let the peace that comes from Christ, everybody say rule. Rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. I believe the peace of God is one of the greatest attributes of Christ. When someone sees the peace of God in someone, they say, there's something different about you. I remember the first attribute that I saw, this is a true story, about myself. When I first got saved, I looked myself in the mirror, and I didn't know anything about the Bible. I just got born again, and I got cleansed. I mean, magnificently cleansed. I went to tell my parents about my decision. I looked myself in the mirror, and the first thing that came out of my mouth was, I see peace in my eyes. Like, I looked in the mirror, I'm like, I see peace in you. And I was looking at me. Now, now watch this. I love how Luke, Jesus himself, the Prince of Peace, didn't come and enter into the world in a peaceful situation. Come on, somebody. Jesus, our Savior, the Prince of Peace, did not come into a peaceful circumstances or environment. As a matter of fact, everything was crazy in their environment when Jesus entered the world. Luke chapter 1, I want you to see this. We're going to look at the, in, the, in the Passion Translation. Ooh, man, you're going you're gonna, to, I read this and I was like, where has this wording been? Look at this. The splendor light, just let this minister to you. The splendor light of heaven's glorious sunrise is about to break upon us. Talking about Jesus, the light, right? It's about to break upon us in holy visitation, all because the merciful heart of God is so very tender. Now watch. Keep going. The, the, word, the word from heaven will come to us with dazzling light to shine upon those who live in darkness near death's shadow. And he will illuminate. Watch this. I want you to see this. He will illuminate the path that leads to the way of peace. Wait. You missed it. He will illuminate the path that leads to the way of peace. Notice that the Lord didn't say, or the scriptures didn't say, he will illuminate the path that leads to the way to peace. 
Because if he said he'll illuminate the path to peace, then peace will be a destination. But he said he will illuminate the path of the way of peace. That means lifestyle, way of living. Of peace, it speaks of a lifestyle, not a destination, a person, a place, or a thing. Oh, God. And the Bible says in John 14, that peace that I give you, the world can't give you, and the world can't take it away. I'm here to tell you, I don't want a peace that comes from worldly promotion. I don't want a peace that comes from even a ministerial success. I don't want a peace that comes from a financial breakthrough. I want a peace that the world didn't give, and the world can't take away. He the world didn't give you this peace, so situations can't take it away from you. Your school can't take it away from you. Your home can't take it away from you. Your finances can't take it away from you. That's why we have to be careful what we label our source of stress. Because if we don't, we will, the, the source of stress will dictate the source of where we seek healing to. People are not your problem. Places are not your problem. Do you think Jesus was stressed out to go into a stressful environment? Do you think Jesus was like, oh, no, not there, bro. There's too much drama in that place. Oh. Now watch this. Here's how I know Jesus, the Prince of Peace, didn't come in a nice, beautiful place. Look at Luke chapter 2, verse 6 through 7. Oh, man. Look at this. When they arrived in Bethlehem, and people that do farming, they're going to understand it. Because, you know, we say manger, right? So I'm like, oh, that's so cute, manger. Jesus was born in a manger. So nice. You know what a manger is? Like, do you really know what a manger is? Yes. It's a tr food. Tr oh, look, look at this. When they arrived in Bethlehem, this is the, the, the TPT, Mary went into labor and there she gave birth to her firstborn son. After wrapping the newborn baby in strips of cloth, they laid him in a feeding trough. Jesus, our king, the prince of peace. Feeding trough. Since there was no available space in any upper room in the village. Do you know what happens in feeding troughs? Christina, you could probably tell us. saliva from other animals, dung, all the animals combined go into that place and feed. And I'm sure while Mary was giving birth, I'm not trying to be funny, but just you have to understand this because we see this Christmas story and Jesus did not come in a peaceful environment. He, he came, see, we are relegating our peace when our environment changes and that's not what God said in his word. Stop waiting for your environment to change and grab that peace that God has in his word and in his presence. Activate it everywhere you go. And people will say, why are you so happy? Why are you so calm? Why are you so tranquil? Because Prince of Peace is dominating my heart and my emotions. What's the first scripture I gave you? John 14. I give you a gift of peace. The perfect peace of what? Heart and mind. I give you peace in your heart and in your mind. And I'm sure while Mary's giving birth and the baby's Jesus there, I'm sure there's bah, 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 I mean, all these noises and all these things, and it probably smelled. Now watch this. It, get, it gets worse. So here's Jesus coming on the scene. You think everything will be glorious. Let me pause and say, if, ooh, 
If it wasn't glorious and everything wasn't perfect for Jesus, how do you think, why do you think it's going to happen to you in order for you to have peace? Why are you waiting for everything to be glorious and everything to be perfect for you to walk in peace if Jesus, our Lord, didn't have that opportunity and that privilege? I'm not saying it's not going to get better. I'm, I'm just saying don't wait to have peace and, uh, uh, for those situations. After those things happened, you know what happened? They didn't even have time to enjoy the baby. You know what? How many people have given birth? How many? Hopefully all women. Raise your hand. <laughs> Some men were like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> so all the ladies, raise your hand if you've ever given birth. Okay, you need time after. You don't be like, pop goes the baby and like, oh, we got to go now, baby. You know, we got to go. Moments after the baby was there, probably about a day or two, Joseph gets a dream. I mean, the, the, the baby just born. It doesn't know how many days, but it was a sudden disrupting of comfort. And Joseph has a dream from an angel. says, hey, you got to go to Egypt because Herod wants to kill the baby. <sighs> the whole time, and I know this sounds a little like cartoon, what I'm going to say. And I understand that babies don't know what's going on. I understand that. But from the sake of him being the prince of peace... All that was happening to the surrounding environment, and Jesus did not have a care in the world. Just like, could you imagine having the Prince of Peace in your home, and you're freaking out? <laughs> he was in the boat, and they freaked out. Like, like what do you think is going to happen? Like, uh, Jesus is going to die? Like, I thought about that two, three weeks ago when I talked about the, the, when peace be still. Like, do we really think, ah, ah, Jesus is chilling in the boat sleeping. Is, even if you don't have any faith, at least, well, that's God, so I don't think God's going to die. <laughs> but yet, our circumstances make us feel like it's going to be the end of the world. Right? I'm almost done here. All right? I'm almost done. Are you enjoying this? So we got to be careful what we label our stress, all right? We've talked about that. Now, throughout the years, I, like you, um, I don't like to blame people anymore for my level of stress because if, the, if people gave me stress, then I need people to give me peace. If environments give me stress, then I'll need environments to give me peace. If things get me all stressed out, and I'm always reacting to that, that then my, in my mind, if I just run away from that, I'll have this peace. But it's not the peace that will last. It's a temporary peace. It's a temporary peace that will cause you to keep running until, watch this, you deal with that. And then you say, you know what? How do you get it? Now, here's where I'm closing. Here's where I'm closing. You got to, you got to go. Here's the thing. People get frustrated all the time about this. I'm getting a little ring in here. People get frustrated all the time with their situations because they don't know this principle. They don't know the principle of not applying persons, places, or things to your peace. Can I hear an amen? amen. We need to think differently. Jesus did not promise peaceful situations. I'm, uh, pl please hear me. I, I want peaceful situations. P P Jesus didn't promise the gift of perfect people. In the, in the level of peace. But he did promise a gift of peace in your heart and in your mind. Let me pause and say, well, how are your emotions this morning? How are your emotions? Come on. 
No, don't, don't, don't talk back to me. Just think about it. How is your mind? How is your thoughts? How's your thoughts? All right? How's your thoughts? Because if you wait for people to change, you're never going to get it. If you're going to wait for situations to, get, to change, you're never going to get it. If you, you're going to wait for places to change, you're never going to get it. But what we need to do is go to the one who never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's one who never changes. And what we need to do, and I'm closing with this. The worship team, get up here, please. What we need to do is is focus our, our minds on the Lord. Now, I'm going to share one scripture with you that I read for years, and I said, okay, this is what this means. Don't you love when God reveals a scripture to you in a different way? Now, watch this. Watch this. This, this, is, this is powerful, all right? In, in order for us to sustain peace that God gives us in every situation, we must be disciplined and focused in one area. Watch this. In our minds. Now, do you, do you know how the devil causes strongholds in our minds? Hello? Hello? Do you know how the devil causes strongholds? How does the devil cause strongholds in our minds? All right? We think it, right? So strongholds start, start in our minds. If strongholds start in our mind, how do you think peace starts? Okay, watch this. I'm closing with this. Isaiah 26. Are you ready for this? Look it up. This, oh, this is good. This is, I'm, be, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen this morning. Amen. Isaiah 26, verse 2 and 3. Look at this. Are you ready? Open the gates that the righteous, oh, you're going to love this. No, no, don't tune me out. I know you've read this before, but don't tune me out. Watch this. The righteous nation which keeps the truth may enter in. You will keep them in, in what? Come on, shout at me. In what? perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. Now watch. For years I said, oh, I know what that means. Just focus. Right? That's what we need. He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed. Everybody say stayed. Say stayed. So I, I interpret that, which is not a wrong interpretation, is the word stayed means just to focus on Jesus, just continue to focus on Jesus. And that's good, but that's very general, right? Just focus on Jesus, right? It's like some, some have cancer. Well, just focus on Jesus. Well, yeah, I, I understand that. But where, where, where's the practical stuff? Watch this. Are you ready? He gives you imperfect peace whose mind is stayed. Everybody say stayed. Say it one more time. Say stayed. I looked up the Hebrew word. You love the Hebrew. I looked up the Hebrew word stayed. Whoo! And it's powerfully liberating. Because the word stayed in the Hebrew is the word kamak. And I'm probably mispronouncing it. Probably kamak. Which means, are you ready for this? The Hebrew word for stayed. He keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed. The word stayed means to lean upon, to lay and rest. So it's not just focus on the Lord. I got to focus. I got to focus. I got to focus. I got to focus. He says, you'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is resting and laying and leaning, leaning on the Lord. When I heard that, I immediately looked at the Last Supper. And the Last Supper, all the disciples are kind of, oh, who's going to betray us? Oh, who's going who's gonna to mess up? Jesus said somebody in here is going to betray us. Oh, my God, oh, my God. Who is it? And the whole time, everyone's freaking out except one that was leaning. Everyone
John is, oh my God, oh my God, what's happening? Hey, come here, John, come here, John. Here, actually, it was John. Come here, John. So I'm Jesus, you're John, okay? Everyone is freaking out. Everyone, every, all the disciples, who is it, Lord? Who is it? And there's one person who has the peace of God, and he's leaning, which is stayed. That means mine stayed. And it's... And Jesus is looking around, and he's just kind of, kind of leaning. And then Peter, Peter goes, look, 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 look. Peter goes, Peter goes, you tell him. You have the relationship. If you look at the Bible, the Peter goes, you ask him. And Jesus goes, John goes, who is it? And watch this, watch this. Jesus didn't have to say anything to John, but he told John, the one who was leaning, it's the one who dips the bread in the bowl with me. And he told him a secret. You know why? You know why? When we lean on the Lord, we position ourselves to hear secrets from God. Who is that coming out the wilderness leaning on her beloved? I notice there's, there's a Shulamite woman coming out of the wilderness and she's leaning. She's leaning. You want to have perfect peace? Keep your mind leaning on intimacy with Jesus. Come on, stand up. Come on, stand up. Stand up. We got, we've got to lean in intimacy. We've got to lean in worship. We've got to get close to the Lord so that there's no, there's no per, unperfect peace, but there'll be perfect peace. Come on. Come on. I want you to lift up your hands right now. He whose mind is stayed or lean on the Lord how have perfect peace. Stop waiting for your situations, your persons, your places, or things to change. The Lord has given you a gift. Come on. I want you to activate that gift today. I want you to lift up your hands right now, right now, right now. To keep you in perfect peace, whose mind is leaning, is leaning on your beloved, is leaning in intimacy, is leaning in approach, is leaning in worship. He's leaning. There's no care to those who are leaning. Come on. Come on. Lift up your hands. God is inviting us to lean this morning. Come on. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.